0: Hello, we want to welcome you to the Heights Podcast. Uh, My name is Lee, and I'm one of the pastors here at Heights. And I'm joined today uh, by our pastor of worship and media, Pastor Matt Hogan. And we are in a series of podcasts through the end of Mark and what we've been doing on Sunday morning, it's just been taking a sermon at a time, a chapter at a time through the Gospel of Mark. And so that uh, sermon series is titled Servant King. So if you'd like to catch up with that on our YouTube page, uh, feel free to do that. And so over the last couple of podcasts, we've been looking at uh, passages, Matt, that we really haven't had time to deal with on a Sunday morning in the sermon uh, because I'm limited by time, you know, I mean, Nobody wants to sit here for an hour and a half and listen to me <laughs> preach. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we have to kind of pick a chunk of that passage, uh, and then what we've been doing on the last couple of podcasts is is kind of going over some things we we may have skipped, uh, didn't have time to really kind of do more of a deep dive into. So this is kind of the the, the podcast after the sermon type thing. And uh, so today we are in Mark chapter fourteen. And um, last time we talked about Mark 13 with the abomination of desolation and all that. So that was a a good one. Uh, But in Mark 14, we're picking up here um, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what we want to look at today is verse 36, where Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. And there's an interesting kind of discussion that goes on with that. So give us kind of little little background and what's happening and, and why that's a an interesting verse that Christ is kind of praying like, okay, is there another way or or what are we doing here, guy? <laughs> so right, you know, it's it's interesting because remember, you know, this is
1: God's plan for redemption goes all the way back to the opening pages of the Bible. Right. You know. it's... You know, it's it's you know in in Genesis chapter three you know that 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 prophecy comes that you know that he's going to send the one who's going to crush the head of the snake and so right. uh, one of the ways I like to think about it is is, is Jesus wasn't Plan B yeah you know uh, you know Paul talks about you know people um, God choosing people for salvation uh, from the foundations uh, of the earth mm-hmm. in other words so there was this plan of redemption uh, that came all it's not like Mankind disobeyed and then God had to sort of like scramble and come up with a and do damage control It's like no, this this was always his plan. You know, the whole story of the Bible is leading up to this moment, right? Um, uh, but Jesus, you know, remember what we understand about Jesus is that he is he is fully man and he is fully God mm-hmm. So he is 100% aware of the plan and of the timing, and that the fullness of time has come, and it, this is his moment where he's going to offer up his life for the salvation of the world. But in his humanity, I mean, this is what he's going to face. You know, in the next in the next day, is just going to be awful. Right. You know, and so I think you're really seeing in Jesus' humanity sort of the struggle yeah. between knowing this is God's plan and and just desperately wanting there to be another way you know, wishing in his humanity to not have to go through the agony that's going to be involved with the the scourging and the cross and and, and
0: all of that. Yeah, because timeline we're late thursday Mm -hmm. you know and so you've you've obviously had as we've seen through the book of mark as we've gone through it on sunday mornings there's three incidences that jesus clearly says hey guys here's what's going to happen i'm going to jerusalem going to be betrayed going to be crucified you know going to rise from the dead yeah he knows it's coming he knows it's coming they've just had uh, you know, the Lord's Supper, where he's like, one of you's going to betray me. Peter, you're going to deny me. So that's after the supper. So it's, it's later Thursday. Um, and this is where he's in the, you know, in Gethsemane beginning to pray, you know, knowing full aware that this is, this is about to happen. Um, I think what's interesting too, when we stop and think about this prayer is to is even to back up and, and you know and you're right it it's all the way back in Genesis 315 that first prophecy of the Messiah um, you go to Isaiah 53 Isaiah you know the Lord's going to lay the iniquity of us all on him and so the whole Bible's pointing to this moment Psalm you know 22 Christ obviously is aware of that I mean, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became God, and the Word was with God. You know, I mean, this is the Word become flesh, so none of this is catching Him off guard. But I like to stop and think about it, that this didn't have to be God's plan, meaning God didn't have to redeem us. Right. Like, God didn't have to redeem mankind at all. He was not obligated to redeem and save any of us. You know, so when we we think about the cross, I think sometimes we We think like God may owe us a second chance or like, hey, God, you know, I wasn't that bad. So maybe like you you owe me a little something. It's like, no, God doesn't owe us salvation. We're the ones who've sinned against him. But out of his love, he chose this plan, you know, before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. So even before he knew he created us and and we were going to go wacky and rebel and do all the crazy things we do. Uh, he still say, "Yeah, I loved you so much. I'm sending my only begotten Son here." And so I think that's just important to keep in context as we're kind of talking about this this internal wrestling Jesus has in the prayer. So. Right.
1: Yeah, it's um, it totally makes me think of uh, one of the worship songs that we sing. What a beautiful name! Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a verse where he says, you know, um, he he didn't want heaven without us. Right. But the reality was he was totally like there was no there was no reason he existed just fine on his own apart from us. Yeah. But because, uh, because of his love for us and because it would bring glory to himself, Yeah. you know, he chose, he chose this path. He chose to send Jesus. He chose the incarnation.
0: Yeah, that's good. And so Christ is praying, Abba, Father, all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. And when he says that cup, what is he, what is he talking about there? I think he's talking
1: about the cup of god's wrath
0: yeah i mean you there's there's echoes of prophecy there mm-hmm. from the old testament right
1: you know, this is the this is the the this the terrible ordeal that he's going to have to endure
0: right yeah yeah because back in mark uh 10 when he's talking you know james and john come up to him and it's like hey we want one of us wants to sit on your right and one of us wants to sit on your left remember he had said are you guys able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, no, 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 boys. Because <laughs> the cup often in the Old Testament is that picture of, you know, pouring out God's wrath. Yep. And so, so as you said earlier, Christ is fully aware of that wrath that's coming, you know. But, but why is that wrath coming? What, who, who's, why is God doing this to Jesus then, pouring out that wrath? because uh,
1: sin requires a sacrifice.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know that's that's the thing. We we call this um we call this a substitutionary atonement, penal right. substitutionary atonement. Those yeah. are—that's the theological word uh, that we use to describe the fact that 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 there was a price that had to be paid mm-hmm. uh, because of sin. Yeah, that the that the wrath of God had to be satisfied, yeah. and the only way that the perfect wrath of God could be satisfied perfectly would be with a perfect sacrifice. Right, and that's why only Jesus could do yeah. what Jesus did.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, only Jesus could die once and for all for all of the sins of every person who ever lived. Right. It's the only way this works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember as as Christ is praying, obviously, knowing this is the plan and knowing what he has to do is to remember that because God is righteous, sin has to be punished. Right. You know, so if there's a judge who knowingly is letting off people who have broken the law and you know, knows that you've broken the law, but I'm still pardoning you, then that's not a righteous judge. Right. You know, none of us would look in a human court system and go, that guy knew you openly broke the law but still let you go. Well, you're not a good judge. <laughs> you know, I mean, like none of us reasonably go, that's a good judge. You know? And so when we think about God, because we have sinned, the wages of sin is death. You know, and so as you you said, he's that substitutionary atonement for us. He's that substitute. And I know this podcast isn't on Barabbas, but my favorite guy in the the whole story, (laughs) you know, because that's the picture is Christ took Barabbas's cross. He took his place. It's like he took our place and your place and and all of our listeners' place, so that we can have the forgiveness of our of our sin. And so, but but let's get a little bit you know deeper into the into that verse. Yet not what I will, but you will. You know, and and so I mean, is is Christ really trying to get out of this? I mean, you know, like is he? Hey, just, you know, just, just check in one more time. There's no other way. I mean, how do
1: you, how do you interpret that? You know, it's an, it's an interesting question because that's been something that was kind of debate debated throughout, especially the early part of, of church history was, did Jesus have one will or did Jesus have two in the same way that that they debated, did Jesus have one nature or did he have two natures? You know, because we understand Jesus to be fully human and fully God, right? you know? And so there's been, there's, there's been this debate throughout church history of like, what is, what exactly is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying that his will is different from the father's will? And and how is that possible if Jesus is God? Right. Um, to me, I think it's really important to kind of read that whole sentence together, Mm -hmm. you know, where I think Jesus is really, I mean, he's asking for the cup to be taken, but he's also saying, not my will, but your will. Right. In other words, I, I think Jesus is a, is aware yeah. that there's really only one way this is going to end. This right. is only one way this is going to happen. It's only one way this is going to go down. Yet in his humanity, he's still asking to be delivered from right. you know from this from this horrible ordeal that he's about to um, that he's about to experience. Hmm. You know, and so I, and so I think that um, I think ultimately. He is conforming his will to the Father's will mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, again there's there's kind of some debate about what you know trying to understand you know Jesus in his humanity how, how that's kind of functioning in that moment but but I think ultimately what's what's important to realize is Jesus submits himself to the will of the Father
0: right and yeah. I think
1: that's really important as a model for us because yeah. the reality is is that in our lives God is going to call us to do things that we don't want to do right and hopefully it's never going to end you know with you know with a horrifying death the way the way Jesus is, is going to end but there's going to be times in our lives where we're called to do things that we don't want to do yeah. God's going to call us and w- and in those moments we need to we need to conform our will to his will. And we need to be willing to submit ourselves Mm -hmm. to his will. And I think that's, I think that's what Jesus does. Uh, what he models for us beautifully. Right. You know, a a lot of times, a lot of times we approach prayer with the idea that we're trying to change God's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, dear Lord, please do this thing. Please help this person. Please deliver this person from illness. You know, we come to the Lord asking him to change his mind. But I think a very important element of prayer, is that we conform our minds to his mind. Yeah. You know, and as we pray and as we talk to God, we come to understand the importance of his, his way and mm-hmm. submitting ourselves to his will.
0: Yeah, and you see that throughout the life of Christ is that constant submission to the father as the son. Um, you know, as you're talking, just thinking about the incident when he, he gets left behind at the temple you know, when he's a boy you know, and they come back, and you're like, where where you been? He's like, well, I've been in, in the temple. I'm about my father's business, mm-hmm. you know, and so you just that always sets the stage that I'm about my father's business. I'm constantly here to do what I was sent to do, and so here, I, I don't take it at all as him kind of trying to backdoor his way out or, you know, Hey, did we, can we not, let's just let Barabbas go. Like, like, like he really deserves it, not me. Um, and, and you bring up a good point. That's, it's prayer is, is really aligning our, our will to his, you know, and, and you see that here um, because we, we know the plan, you know, Colossians 1.20, it's through, you know, Paul says, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. So he knows this is the way we're reconciled back to God. Amen. And you've brought up the humanity, you know, the two wills. And that is a, a very interesting discussion that people have. And, and I think about this in the spot from maybe, I guess, the human side of Jesus here, knowing that for a brief period of time, there's separation that's going to happen between God the Father and God the Son on the cross, you know, the, why did you forsake me? You know, that, that moment's coming. And I, I think it's not the, it's not the pain of the cross that he knows is going to happen. I think it's that. That's the way I've always read that and, and, and just trying to kind of in, internalize that is here you've had an eternal union that for a very brief moment, God the Father's turning his back on God the Son in judgment. And it's that that he's like, I don't want that. <laughs> Even though he knows I'm going to be raised from the grave. You know, I mean, just that agony of the union for that brief period of when he becomes sin for us, that relationship severed. And I think it's that agony and pain that he's already feeling of that you know becoming sin for us and you know, our next podcast we're going to kind of talk about what happens on the cross but i don't want to give away the ending on that or anything <laughs> just, just a little preview segment but i, I think it's really that you know because luke says that he's in just great agony in this prayer i mean you know this isn't just the way probably you and i pray i mean like this is gut-wrenching you know well, and prayer if you, here if you think about the
1: unique position that jesus is in right you know the second corinthians tells us that you know uh, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Right. And see, all of us, all of us know what it is like to be lost. Mm-hmm. All of us had a time in our life where we didn't know Christ, where we didn't have a relationship with God. Yeah. Jesus has always had a relationship with the Father. Yeah. And so the idea that there would be a separation there, even for a time, would be would be brand new, brand new territory for him. Yeah. Um, but again, it's necessary because right. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Yeah, It's the, it's the fact that he knew no sin right. that enabled him to be sin on our behalf. Yeah. You know, if, if Jesus had lived a sinful life, then he dies, well, he just, he dies for his own sin. He yeah. doesn't die for the sin of the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's, I read an article recently, and, and it was pretty heretical, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I just slipped that in there as a preface. But the, the author was saying that Jesus didn't have to die on a cross for our salvation. Like he could have died from typhoid hmm. and we still could have been saved, you know, because the, the word became flesh. And just by his death, we could be reconciled, you know, so he could have died of COVID. I know, bad joke. I mean, you know, but, but he could have died of the flu and we still would have been saved. And I'm like, no, I mean, Christ clearly says, Mark 10:45, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. Hmm. And so his death is that substitutionary atonement payment for our sin you know and so it's not like this was an option i mean this is how it works you know that he had to die in this way in this manner to be our sacrifice so it's not like he could have just got run over by a a cart you know in the middle of jerusalem and we would have been saved no i mean this this was the plan of god there was no other plan out there so
1: yeah i mean and i think that's important to remember too is that uh, we can engage in hypothetical hypotheticals. Right. Could God have done something else? Yeah. Well, I mean, God is sovereign. Right. And so this was the way God chose for it to happen. Yeah. You know, if he had wanted to do something else, I, he's God, he could have done something else. Yeah. But again, that that's that's just speculation. Right. The reality is is like this was always his plan. Yeah. You know, and you've got you've got thousands of years of biblical history pointing to pointing this, moment, to this. <laughs> you know with, with, you know and, and the connection with Passover and, and the, the sacrifice sac- and yeah. the temple I mean God is preparing his people and for all of humanity for this moment where where Jesus is going to go to the cross and right. I mean I, I mean I'm, I'm thinking all the way back to to Abraham and Isaac and Isaac going up that going up that mountain carrying right. the wood on his back yep. I mean God's people had been had been prepared for this moment for yeah. thousands of years yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, I want to just kind of encourage you on this as we are are, are talking through this subject of the two wills and could he have done this? Could he have done that? Uh, Let me just kind of land our plane today on the podcast, so to speak, and say that here's what Christ did. He died on the cross for us, as Paul says. And on the third day, he was raised again. And in order for us to have biblical salvation and forgiveness of sin and life with God now and for all of eternity— Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, this is the gospel in which was preached, in which you believe, in which you hold fast. And so let me encourage you that if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, to first and foremost know uh, that there is a penalty for your sin, and that penalty is death. That penalty is eternal uh, wrath of God upon you in the lake of fire. But it is Christ who has come to die for you, to pay that penalty, to take your place. And the Bible says, to turn from that sin and trust in this Jesus who has loved you and has done this for you. And so that is our first and foremost prayer uh, out of today's episode, that if you are not a believer in Christ, then today you will be. Hebrews 4.12 says that today can be your day of salvation. And that's, that's our prayer. That's our hope. That's our mission here at Heights, to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And secondly, I just want to encourage you in prayer Uh, just as Jesus did, it's aligning our will with God's will. You know, so as you pray and you're asking the Lord to intercede in the life of someone else or a situation uh, that you may have, I know it's popular sometimes to tackle on the end of that prayer, you know, God, not my will, but your will. I want to encourage you just to mean what you pray and just to ask that the Lord will bend your will to him. And uh, so until we see each other again next time, I want to invite you to our services in person on Sunday morning at 9 and 10 30 a.m. You can also find us on our Heights Facebook page, here on our Heights YouTube page. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you're current with all of our podcasts and sermon series and all of our other digital contexts. And so until we see each other again, God bless.